our Bibles to the book of Numbers chapter 3. Amen. And uh, we're going to be reading several passages of Scripture. Uh, we, uh, from time to time, uh, I will preach on a phrase uh, in the Bible. And I'm going to be preaching on a particular phrase uh, that's important to our study of the book of Numbers, and it is important to your study of the Word of God. And so I'm not particularly preaching out of uh, any one chapter today, but uh, for the sake of uh, learning uh, a new uh, terminology, perhaps for some of us, we're going to just keep it simple and stay in Numbers chapter 3. We're going to start at verse number 7. Say amen when you got it. It says, and they shall keep the charge. Everyone say, keep the charge. And they shall keep his charge and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do the service of the tabernacle. Look at verse number 8. And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation and the charge of the children of Israel to do the service of the tabernacle. Go down to verse number 32. It says, And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, shall be chief over the chief of the Levites and have the oversight of them that keep, everyone say keep, the charge. Say the charge. They keep the charge, the sanctuary. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you tonight on that phrase, keep the charge. Keep the charge. Can we say that together? Keep the charge. Jesus, I thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. God, I'm asking that a divine touch of your spirit would settle in on this congregation tonight. Lord, we so desperately need you. God, I pray that you would speak to everybody at home watching. And I pray that you would speak to everybody attendant here. Lord, I humbly ask for your anointing on my spirit, on my body, and on my soul. That I may preach to your people. In the name of Jesus. And somebody shout amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For those that were here last week, you will remember that we preached about the strange fire that cost the sons of Aaron their lives. On the surface, this story seems or appears to be unrelated to what will come in the next several chapters of Numbers. But it is not. What Moses is doing by relating this story is beginning a thread of complicated lessons, amen, with an illustration. The story of Aaron's son, sons is a link in a change and a chain that runs throughout the entire Bible. Our title tonight, Keeping the Charge or Keep the Charge, or as it reads in Hebrew, Ve Shamru et Mishmeret, it literally means to guard the mandate. It appears nine times in the book of Numbers and numerous other times throughout both Testaments. At the heart of the words Ve Shamru et Mishmeret is the idea that God's people are to stand guard over the directives and the instructions that God has given to them. I want you to stop and consider the following. In Genesis 2 and 15, 
God commands Adam to guard the garden. In Exodus, the Israelites are commanded to guard the Passover, the Sabbath, the commandments, and the covenant. The guarding of the commandments is at the heart of all the tensions between the prophets, the priests, and the kings of Israel. From 1 Samuel to Malachi, the exhortation to guard what God gives humanity is revisited over and over and over again. The last book of the Old Testament marks these words in the book of Malachi 2 and 7. For the priest's lips should keep or guard knowledge and they should seek the law. The last books of the New Testament or the last book of the New Testament, the book of Revelation marks these words. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep or guard those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Revelation 12 and 17 says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments, or which guard the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. In Revelations 14 and 12, it says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments, or that guard the commandments of God. And the faith of Jesus. I want to preach to you tonight that the people of God must guard what God gives them. The people of God must guard what God gives them. To keep the charge or to guard has several important ideas that rest behind it. The first that pertains to the book of Numbers is that the Levites were to guard the tent and the people of Israel. In Numbers and in Leviticus, the priests were to guard the tabernacle from the people, both foreign and domestic. And at the same time, they were to guard the people from the wrath of God. They were to guard the tabernacle from the people because not everybody was allowed into the tabernacle. And if they failed to guard the tabernacle, God did not fail to guard it himself which is precisely what happened to the sons of Aaron. They did not guard the commandments. And when they approached God, God guarded the tabernacle himself. And so it was the job of the Levites to make sure that the people surrounding the house of God were instructed on what God expected of them. And that is one of the reasons that we are so big on Bible study around here. It is so important that people are instructed on the things pertaining to God. Amen. Because there is a wrath of God. There is great punishment. There is a final judgment. There are serious consequences to not knowing what God wants, to not knowing what God expects. And so we teach. The Levites preach, teached, and so we teach. Praise God. Amen. But there is also another meaning to guard. Amen. Throughout much of the Bible, to keep the charge meant observing what God said was not permissible. As uncomfortable as it is made, as it makes all of us at times, God does say no. Yes, God does say no. And what I can't emphasize to you enough tonight is that God wants his no to be guarded. Too many churches these days do not guard the no of God. There's a lot of churches that would have you believe that God doesn't have a no in his vocabulary. God has a lot of no's in his vocabulary. Amen. And God expects the church 
to guard the no. Amen. In fact, in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, the Apostle Paul says this, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. There are two things that these people have in common. Number one, they have no regard for the no of God. They have no regard for the no of God. Amen. They are lovers of themselves. They are covetous. They are boasters. They are proud. They are blasphemers. They are disobedient to their parents. They are unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. All of these labels, amen, are the labels of people who do not want to regard no. They don't want to hear about parameters. They don't want to hear about lines of demarcation. They do not want to hear that there are some things they cannot do. There are some places they cannot go. There are some things they should not touch. There are some things they should not meddle with. There are some things that they should stay away from. These people do not want to hear the fact that God says no. The second thing that these people have in common is that they attend church. We ain't talking about sinners, folks. We're talking about church folk. Amen. Paul, in fact, concludes this, uh, uh, this, this list of people who hate the word no by saying that these people have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And then he says, from such, turn away. In other words, invite them to the block party. Praise God. Don't talk to them. Cut them off. Distance yourself and get away from them. Amen. You cannot afford to run with folk that don't think God says no. Amen. Another translation says it this way. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. Godliness, no matter which way you look at it, requires a person. Amen. Uh, to practice. Uh, it, it requires a person to not participate in certain activities. It doesn't matter what you want to uh, say godliness is. There is definitely, without question, a quality about godliness, amen, that a person will not participate in certain activities. And that non-participation, as far as the Bible is concerned, equals power. Power. If we want power with God, amen, there's a certain amount of non-participation, amen, that we have to engage in. Everybody wants power with God. You know, I'm so tired of all these false prophets all over uh, the internet, praise God. And uh, you could tell they don't hardly abstain from anything, praise God. They do whatever they want. They go wherever they want. I, I, the other day, somebody sent me a video clip of a pastor that was just openly cussing. I saw another one the other day of a pastor that was con- Condoning the use of medical marijuana. Amen. And that is just that is just the tip of the iceberg. These are all people that do not practice or participate. Amen. In self-denial. These are people that do not believe that God says no to anything. Praise God. And they think that they still have 
power with God. I have seen so-called prophetesses and female preachers, amen, with their hair bobbed, the makeup on everywhere, praise God, claiming to be in the presence of God. But my Bible tells me that if a woman enters, amen, with her hair bobbed, praise God, and, and, and no shamefacedness in the presence of God, that it is, that, that, that it is, that it is unlawful. It is, un, it, is, it is prohibited. It is, don't you go around believing nobody, praise God, that tells you, amen, they're in the flow of the Holy Ghost when they are denying godliness and its power. Amen. When a person declares, a lot of people aren't ready. Amen. A lot of people that want power, they're not ready, praise God, for the demands that real, genuine, apostolic, authentic, prophetic power demands. Because what it really demands is that a person say no to some things. It demands that a person say no to some activities. Praise God. And what we need to look out for in these last days is the people that deny that very idea. There are people that will tell you, you don't need to, you don't need to run with those old schoolers. There are people that will tell you, God looks on the heart. If you tell me that God looks on the heart, I'm going to tell you that's the problem. The heart is the problem. Amen. That's the scary part. Don't try to relieve me. When you tell me God sees the heart, that's about the scariest thing you could ever tell me. That's precisely the problem, is God sees on the heart. Amen. And, and so, but there are people in these last days that will tell you, all that old school stuff is legalism. All that denying of the self, amen, is, 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 is un, unnecessary. And that you don't need that to get in the flow. And that you don't need that to operate in the prophetic. And that you don't need that, amen, to really experience the power of God. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. And so God is looking for people that will guard the no. How do we guard the no? By the way we live. By the way we live. By the way that we live openly. By the things we deny ourselves. By the things we do not participate in. By the places we do not go by the clothes we do not wear, by the, by the words we do not use, by the music we do not listen to, by the things we do not entertain ourselves with, by, with, by the things that we do not do, praise God. That is how we guard the, the no of God. Because when people see you, be, be you male or female, praise God, it does not matter. But when people see you denying yourself certain things, they're going to say that person is obviously protecting something. That person is obviously guarding something. That person obviously has some other interests that are not either obvious to me right now, praise God, or they are obvious to me right now. But what you are doing is you are guarding the know of God. You are, you are displaying to people that there still is a people, praise God, that are living according to God's mandates. Praise God. And so God wants us to guard. God wants us to guard. I'm not going to preach long tonight. Amen. God wants us to guard the dream. There was another thing that God expected his people to guard. The dream. They were to guard the prophetic words and dreams that God spoke to them. Let me give you some examples. Chapter 37 and 11 of Genesis. It says, and his brothers envied him 
But his father, speaking of Jacob, guarded or kept the saying in his mind. Jacob was there on that fateful morning when Joseph rolled out of bed in his multicolored pajamas, sat at the table, and started talking crazy that one day everybody was going to bow to him. And as he's eating his bowl of cereal and telling the dream, his brothers begin to boil in anger. And while everybody was becoming angry, there was an instinct inside of Jacob that said, I need to guard this. I need to guard this. And his instinct was right because it was his own sons who almost killed Joseph. And had it not been for God, Joseph would have killed his brothers in revenge. And here we learn, here we learn why the writer Moses used the word guard in regard to Joseph's dream. Because dreams will be attacked. Prophetic words will be attacked. Because dreamers can self-destruct. And so Jacob understood these kinds of things need to be guarded. These kinds of things need to be protected. Amen. You, 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 you can't be casual about these things. Because if they are of God, then you can expect there to be a rumble. You can expect there to be a fight. You can expect for these things to come under attack. You can expect these things, amen, to even come under the threat of self-sabotaging. I know plenty of people that had prophetic words spoken over their lives. I know plenty of people that have been prophesied over since they were children. I know plenty of people that were told, one day you're going to be this, and one day you're going to be that. And you would almost think that the man of God or the woman of God that spoke those things was totally off because today the person's lost in the world. It has nothing to do with the fact that the prophet was off. It has to do with the fact that dreamers can self-sabotage. Joseph had to make a decision, praise God, whether or not he was going to exact revenge on his brothers when he came into power. In fact, that is one of the most powerful things about Joseph is his ability to control himself. When he got back into power, he didn't go let Potiphar's wife had it. He contained himself. Amen. He restrained himself. When he came into power, he didn't, he didn't load up the chariots and say, you know what? I got some brothers that did me wrong several years ago. I'm going to go get them. He restrained himself and he waited in Egypt and he guarded the dream just like his father guarded the dream. And he guarded the word just like his father guarded the word. And he forgave. Amen. Sometimes you got to guard against bitterness. You got to guard against, come on, somebody. You got to guard against tragedy. You got to guard against, come on. Oh, somebody help me tonight. Praise God. You got to guard, praise God. The things of God have to be guarded. Uh, we need to pray right now. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody pray right now. I really feel God talking to somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, come on, let's just pray. I feel God talking to us. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. 
Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I don't know who God's talking to right now, but there's people here under the sound of my voice. You have received prophetic words and dreams from God. Amen. But you've not guarded it like you ought to. And I'm not here to rebuke you. I'm here to awaken you. I'm here to stir you up. I'm here to tell you to get your guard up. Praise God. I'm here to tell you to surround that word. Surround that dream. Surround it. Amen. Hallelujah. Protect it. Praise God. Come on. Pray about it. Amen. Let it come back to you. Praise God. Let it revive. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I, I promise you I'm not dragging this out. Let's just pray for a second. Oh, Jesus, I got more to preach, I promise. Oh, but there's something here. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise God. The dreamer can self-destruct. You know, whoever you are, you need somebody that can guard with you. You need somebody that will pray with you. You need somebody that will pray for you. Because the, the, the dream, the word, it will come under attack. It really will. And if the word and the dream itself does not come under attack, you will come under attack. When, when, when the devil sizes you up and lines you up, there's two things he will attack. He will actually attack who you can be. He will attack who you can be. He will deliberately send people your way to say things about who you can be. They will speak to that person. They will speak to that future you. And when all else fails, they'll speak right to you. And they will tell you in your present state what their opinion of you is. And a lot of times, and I've seen it in my own life, it's possible to overcome the attack, but it's a lot harder to overcome the self-sabotage. you got to watch the conversations you allow yourself to slip into. you got to watch the people you get around with. You really do. You, you have to be careful. I can distinctly remember. In fact, uh, I was telling my wife the other day because I saw, uh, I found the individual on the internet, and it's not good. The person's not doing well today. But... Uh, I remember a particular individual. Uh, I, was, I was a young preacher. And uh, God had given me some dreams. But you know, dreams don't just sit there. They have to be guarded. And, and, and I started learning very quickly and very early on that the dreams God gave me about myself and the dreams God gave me about my ministry and the dreams God gave me about my calling needed to be guarded. 
And they needed to be guarded primarily. I'm, gonna, this, I'm going backwards now if you'll allow me to rewind here a second. One of the people you've got to guard the dream against the most are the same folks that don't believe there's a no in the Bible. Are the people that will try to convince you that, that you have too many restraints on your life. Praise God. The people that will convince you you're choking yourself out. Amen. With all these rules as they call them. And I remember I was sitting in a room with uh, some very, some of them have gone on to be very prominent preachers. Uh, some of them have, were prominent preachers and lost everything. And, uh, but I remember this particular young man, he, he looked at me and he said, I, I know you're kind. I, I know where you come from and I, I know your background and I've heard you preach and I know what you say. And he said, let me tell you something. He said, my dad was a great preacher. My dad traveled the world. My dad was renowned in our movement. He said, and you know what my dad's problem was? He said, my dad had too many rules in his life. And he said, and, and, and eventually my dad fell into immorality and into adultery. He said, and, and, and it all started with the rules. And it all started with the restrictions. And, 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 and on the surface, I thought to myself, man, you're crazy. And I told him as much. I said, bro, you're crazy. I don't, I don't believe what you're saying. But, but months down the road and weeks down the road and days down the road, I could feel those words seeping into my spirit. And I could feel there being an attack on the dream that God gave me, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the command Amen. To guard. Amen. I could feel the attack coming against the command to guard. Amen. And, and I'm just, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now. Amen. Even years later, I think my wife was there with me. I was walking through the airport and I met the young man's dad. And, uh, and th this, this young man is, is just about practically backslid today. And I remember his dad, who is still not where he needs to be. His dad came up to me. He says, I know you. And, and I said, well, Praise God. He told me who he was. I was, I was quite surprised to meet him. Amen. And he really was quite a legend back in his day. But I remember he told me, he said, pray for my son. He said, my son don't know what he believes. He said, I, I'm not right. And I made big mistakes in my life. He said, but I wish I would have lived up to what God had said. He said, don't, he said, don't let it get a hold of you. He said, do you stay strong? You keep believing what you're believing. You keep preaching what you're preaching. And when you get a chance, let my son know. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody. You got to guard. You got to guard. You got to guard the dreams God gives you. And you can't let nobody speak ill of the person God's calling you to be. And you can't let nobody speak ill to you. Amen. And who you are right now. And no matter how difficult, no matter how complicated life gets, trust me, the answer is not to let go of the no of God. Amen. No matter, no matter what kind of trouble you're in. Amen. No matter what kind of a, come on somebody. Oh, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I cannot tell you. My wife, amen, can testify. I cannot tell you how many times people have tried to sit me down and convince me to let go of the no. And give them an excuse to let go of the no. But I can't do it. I have to guard. You have to guard. We have to guard. There's a lot on the line. Amen. Access to the presence of God is on the line. Prophecy is on the line. Dreams are on the line. Amen. Words are on the line. 
Hey, I, I got news for somebody here. You, 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 you might be ready to go home and, and catch up on your one hour that you lost to sleep. But can I remind you, there's things God told you 10 years ago. There's things God told you 20 years ago. And no matter where you're at right now, and no matter how you feel right now, and no matter the condition you're in right now, and no matter what your bank account looks like right now, and no matter how your car looks like right now, and no matter what your clothes look like right now, and no matter what your marriage looks like right now, and no matter what your life looks like right now, those words will come to pass. If you will wake up and guard, if you will wake up and defend if you will observe come on somebody oh god's looking for some joseph's that'll guard the dream god's looking for some jacob's that'll guard the dream amen hallelujah some of us parents amen hallelujah we need to pray for our children all the way through from the time they're little to the day they praise god to the day they're old and gray themselves and we need to guard the dream with them and guard the prophecy with them and sp come on somebody hallelujah Oh, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. God, 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 God. Hey, sometimes dreams got to die before they rise. As far as Jacob was concerned, Joseph was dead. Oh, but the boy was alive. Traversing dungeons. False accusations. Oh, but he was guarding. He was guarding the dream. He was guarding the words. He was guarding the interpretation. He was guarding the whole thing. Amen. You know, the same thing happened to Mary in Luke chapter 2, verse 19. It says, but Mary kept or guarded all these things and pondered them in her heart. I want you to notice Genesis 37, 11 says, but his father kept the sayings in his mind. Jacob guarded the word in his mind. Mary guarded it in her heart. You got to guard what God gives you in thought and in emotion. Every ounce of you, you got to think it through. You got to feel it through. It's not enough just to guard it in one area. In one vicinity, you got to guard it on all fronts. You got to let the devil know you're not going to talk me out of it. And I'm going to stay passionate about it. It's, it's going to register up here, it's going to register down here. I'm going to dance about it, I'm going to sing about it, I'm going to cry about it, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to guard it in my mind, and I'm going to guard it. In my heart. Mary, thank God. Thank God Mary guarded what God had told her. Why? Because the thing God gave her was going to come under attack. 
She gave birth to Jesus. And you know, you would think having Jesus in your life, and I, I'm just tired of telling people that having Jesus in their life is going to make everything all right. It will, chances are your life will turn upside down. Mary and Joseph had a nice little life. Joseph worked for the union. The Carpenters Union in Jerusalem 379. He was doing good. And all of a sudden, Jesus. Jesus comes in. And before you know it, they move from apartment to apartment. And one year's time. They're going from house to house. Birth pains and donkey rides. and They were killing children at one point. Inflation and taxes. I mean, you name it. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And little Mary... A lot of people say she was a teenage girl. You're never too young to guard. You are, don't ask me why, okay? Just don't, don't ask. But today, I, I decided to study on samurais. It, it had nothing to do with my sermon. I, was just, I got really interested for, for a quick second while I was eating lunch to read a little bit about samurais. I, I really didn't think I was going to use this illustration today. But you know, samurais, you know, they started training them at three with wooden sticks. And by five, they gave them actual swords. Like you might get your ear cut at five. Oh, oh, that the church would wake up. And realize you are your children are never too young to teach them to guard, to defend. We we get we get funny with God. I'm telling you, God will raise up a man or a woman of God to come speak a prophetic word over your child. You better teach that child. Amen. In fact, if if you do have such a child, you better stand more guard over them. And you better teach them to guard because there's going to come a day when you're not around. And I'm I'm telling you, if the oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The devil will come after a prophetic child. The devil will come after it. The sooner that word falls on the child, the sooner the attack will come. The sooner you should be. You, you, we, this is why we teach our children to pray. You know what we're teaching them to do? We're teaching them to guard. We're teaching them to guard. You got to teach your kids how to pray. You got to pray. You got to pray with them in the morning. You got to pray with them at night. Amen. You have to explain to them what to say. You have to show them how to lift their hands. You have to get under them and teach them to put those hands up. Well, my son and my daughter. Daughter's shy. My daughter's shy. Praise God. Amen. How, but you got to teach them to, to raise up. You got to teach them how to wield a sword as quickly as you can. You got you to put that word in them. Praise God. Because that word is a sword. Praise God. And that word will teach the child how to guard. And that, come on, somebody in prayer will teach the child how to guard. Praise God. Because you have no idea. Come on. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, can we lift our hands and just pray for a few seconds?